Welcome to The Randy Report. I'm Randy Slavacek, your host. I'm also the writer and editor of TheRandyReport.com, where you can find me every single day on the internet reporting on the daily news cycle in terms of politics, pop culture, and entertainment news of interest to the LGBTQ community and its allies. Today, I want to share with you my recent interview with actor Trevor LaPaglia of the terrific web series The Disappointments. For those who haven't tuned into the popular web series yet, The Disappointments is a darkly comic series that follows three gay besties in their 50s, dealing with the fallout of faltering careers and empty bank accounts as they figure out how to set themselves up to survive in the decades yet to come. Metaphorically speaking, these guys suddenly find themselves standing in a room looking at their belongings, their careers, their unhappy personal lives, their reflection in the mirror, and ask, how did this get to be my life? As the creator of the show, Rich Burns says, disillusioned, disappointment, and the clock is ticking. Trevor LaPaglia plays Dwight, the very good-looking younger boyfriend of Ray, played by creator Rich Burns. Dwight is such a breath of fresh air in that he doesn't overthink life. He knows how to pay his bills on time, he's buying houses and renovating them, and he's pretty much in control of his early 30s life. He's like a big furry puppy who isn't afraid to ask for what he wants, and he's totally charming in doing so. Some of the topics we touched on in my chat with Trevor included his very specific choice of physicality throughout the season— especially in his scenes with Ray, because he's always either hugging him, touching him, leaning on his shoulder, hugging him from behind. And Trevor acknowledged that was a choice, as he says, I'm in his space always. Plus, it turns out it was a happy twist of fate that brought Trevor to the disappointments when the original actor set to play Dwight scored a role on Broadway. Win-win for everyone. LaPaglia was suggested to Rich Burns, who, as Trevor explains, kind of scoped me out. He came to the bar where I was working, trying to be a fly on the wall. Eventually that night, their paths ended up crossing. Trevor admits, I thought he was pretty handsome, especially in a white cotton t-shirt. And they struck up a conversation. The rest, as they say, is history. And I asked Trevor about the surprise twist that happens in the finale episode of the first season. But I'll leave that for Trevor. So here's my chat with Trevor LaPaglia of... The Disappointments. Trevor LaPaglia, how are you? I'm doing well, thank you. You know, I have such a fondness for web series because they tend to come in short, bite-sized episodes, which is perfect for my famously short attention span. In The Disappointments, it's interesting to me that three of the four leads are gay men in their 50s trying to make sense of life, trying to figure out, hey, this isn't where I thought I'd be, and yet, how do I get to where I want to go? But you play the younger boyfriend of the character Ray, played by the show's creator, Rich Burns. And your character is actually the most grounded of all of them. You know how to pay your bills on time, you're buying and selling and renovating houses, and all of these things, while the other guy's trying to figure out life. He's a very focused character. He's actually based on one of Rich's, inspired by one of Rich's, the writer's ex-boyfriends. Um, a lot of the situations that happen in the disappointments are based on true events that's happened in his life. The whole premise, in fact, in the, in the pilot of the show uh, he finds out one of his best friends has committed suicide because he wasn't where he wanted, and that's what triggers these questions. So Rich wrote the show, he directed it, and he co-stars in it, so he had a full plate. 
How did you come to be a part of the series? You know, I, I actually jumped on board uh, later in the process. They had previously cast another actor, Tom Berkland, to play my character. Oh, sure. Who had accepted a role on Broadway, which was a really good opportunity for him. It was like a show that was going up for nine months on Broadway. And he said, sorry, Rich, I got to do this, um, which I don't blame him. It's a great opportunity, you know. And uh, so he had to recast my character, his character, and someone had suggested me. So Rich kind of scoped me out. He came into the bar that I worked at and he tried to be like a fly on the wall, just kind of watching me. And we ended up crossing paths at the bar and I thought he was handsome and I, well, I sparked conversation. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when he's wearing like a tight cotton white t-shirt and um, <laughs> it was hard not to. Yeah. And I ended up, ended up just sparking conversation and the show came up and he had said that someone suggested me and then I was like, wow, I'm flattered. You know, send me the script. I'd love to read it. Yeah. And I read it and it was fantastic. It was, I mean, you can see in the show, it's so funny. Um, and I've let, read a lot of bad scripts. Uh, so when I read this one, I said, okay, I'm interested in more. So we met for coffee and it was downhill from there. <laughs> you know, I speak to a lot of actors and especially in TV, I've heard from people that say you can be in a situation where the writers are on set and they want you to say every line down to the last comma period, semicolon, if they know how to use one, and just exactly how they wrote it. And other actors, though, say that they're in situations where the writers and the directors and the creators will say, how would you think this character would interpret this moment? Or is there a different word or phrase that you might want to use if you were in this situation? How was the process of shooting the disappointments for you? Rich and I started rehearsing about three months prior to the show, prior to production. Um, Rich, this is Rich's first acting job, actually. He had a couple other actors in mind for his part, but they turned the part down because there was enough money. And his friend's like, Rich, you should you should do this. You do great. And um, they really motivated him to do it. And I worked with him, kind of became his acting coach, rehearsing for three months at a time, or three months before. And uh, it's pretty close to script. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I threw out some ideas, but I really wanted to honor what Rich had in the script. Um, again, like uh, my character is loosely based on an ex of his. Um, mm -hmm. and what I found really interesting is this, this person is on the spectrum. So I did my research and looked into what it was. Cause this, this character very similar to my cousin, not the same, uh, Oh God. Um, my aspect of the spectrum. Yeah. Uh, not, yeah. So you know. Not the same aspect of the spectrum, but I knew I was right. playing a character other than myself. So I wanted to do that. So I did a lot of research and that's why my character isn't, I mean, if you know me as Trevor, you'll watch and you're like, oh, this is definitely a different character. Ah. Um, I'm a little bit more goofy. I'm a little bit more spontaneous. I definitely march to my own beat. You know, I, 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 I don't really care what people think of me, as you can tell in the script. <laughs> you know, I'm kind of a goofball, but I, I'm, I'm very sharp. I have my shit yeah. together. So I, I definitely have the, that's why this character writes code. You know, he's very smart when it comes to numbers and organizing numbers in that way, which is something I do not have. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's a great split in that, that he is. And, you know, it's never like spelled out that he's on the spectrum. I spoke to Rich a couple of months before the premiere and he used the reference like, well, you know, yeah, Dwight could kind of be on the spectrum. And there is a quality about that. But you you bring that to life without saying, hey, spectrum. And just for the people listening and, and watching, uh, my brother's on the spectrum. So there's things that I pick up on when I'm watching this going, oh, I totally get this. Yes, that, that's, oh, yeah, my brother would do that. 
one of the things that I love about Dwight and, and your choices with him is he's very physical with mm-hmm. everyone. He loves to touch people. Like you don't just have scenes with Rich. You're like touching him constantly. I'm and in his you space, put your head. Yeah, you're in this. But also it's not just Rich. I in the in the finale episode, you're at the wake, the party, the funeral, whatever we want to call it. Yep. And you and Getty Watanabe, Getty. Gary, Getty, he's kind of stolen some hash uh, some brownies and he shares it with you and you start eating it and you you just stick it in his mouth with your hand and you're like, he's just not shy about <laughs> That was improv. That was fun. <laughs> yeah. and it, but it's so Dwight. It's like, who is yeah. like, here, eat it. Oh, I'll eat some mm. too. And then, um, the finale was quite something for Dwight. He, he kind of has a moment at the, at the buffet. Um, he smells of flowers while he's eating everything. And totally <laughs> living his best life. Thing. Yeah, living his best Absolutely. Yeah. Was there, did you have a favorite episode or favorite scene that you liked? The memorial scenes or episodes were a lot of fun because there were so many people, you know, and I brought in a lot of my friends who were extras. So it was just so cool to have them there and have their support. And I got to work with Getty, which was the first scenes I've had with him. And he's so fantastic. He's so great. I actually, we studied with the same acting coach. Our coach directed this play called Shadowbox. Mm-hmm. We had put up a stage reading of Shadowbox and I had, I, I was actually, Getty plays my partner in this. And we, we did this about a year prior to the production of the show, which is so ironic because Getty wasn't even cast. I wasn't even cast in the show yet. And I'd already worked with him and it was just so much fun. And it, I don't know if you're familiar with Shadowbox, but it's a really sad story. The play about um, uh, cancer patients in hospice? Yeah, hospice, yeah. Lady, it, we're dying here. Yeah. That was yep. you. Yeah. I used to do that monologue. I, I was an actor in another life on Broadway. Oh, wow. So, oh, yeah, so you're so, familiar. Yeah. Yeah, it's bit, kind and... of a downer, but really beautiful. That day was the most fun because, you know, there's so much going on. And I can't imagine what Rich was going through as a director because mm-hmm. he's wearing so many hats as the actor, director, writer. And it was it's so crucial that we had we get all of our shots down in time because right. we had that location and all those people just for that day. Time is strange. But, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the yeah, clock yeah. is ticking. Yeah. I was a little nervous playing stoned because, you know, I don't want to come across too cliche or too much. Um, but that was fun. That was a first. I just took a lot of my um, my method acting techniques of smoking weed and <laughs> implementing it, <laughs> which is legal in the state of California, by the way. So I'm Yes, good. it is. You know, it's interesting because, as I understand it, you guys shot most of or all of the series before COVID. Yeah, we had wrapped production, I want to say in February, right before we shut down in March, which we were very fortunate. It was like almost two years before this was released. Oh, yeah. It's been in post-production for for a while. We were dealing with some roadblocks with our editor. You know, there's a thing when you don't have a lot of money, your project kind of gets pushed to second. Yeah, Rich um, mentioned she got another gig, and so we had to work around her schedule. Yeah. Gigabit, which happens. Yep. Was it weird to have it to having had disconnected for over a year and then come back to it? And then you guys started to do promotions on social media. I was seeing that, but was um, it weird or was it like, oh man, we're back to this? It's kind of common in the industry where like it'll be in post production for a year. I mean, it probably would have turned around a little bit faster, but you know, I we were kind of anticipating that break. I was definitely looking forward to it coming out and it being dragged out longer i was like rich we got to get this done i can't wait to share it but it definitely made made it worth it when it was time to share it you know mm-hmm. the it was worth the wait 
we talked about how there are aspects of Dwight that are that are kind of you. The, the great thing about Dwight is from the early on, we, we know that he he's like bought a house. He's renovating it. His career is kind of on track. And he, yeah. I, I, there's a sense almost that he he doesn't get why Ray is is stressed out. There's a scene in, in his front yard where he's like, you guys are kind of on different levels about when why he didn't share the death of his friend yeah. and stuff. But you're the one, it's like Dwight is the one that's constantly coming saying, I can connect with you. Like, why won't you connect with me? You're like a big puppy a whole lot. Yeah, part of that aspect of my character was somewhat hard to relate to because I'm a little bit more easygoing and understanding. And I, I guess Dwight comes off very needy in that way. You know, like, mm. why wasn't I a part of this? Why didn't you tell me? Where in real life, I'm kind of a little bit more understanding. Um, maybe it's because of the experiences I've had in relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he definitely wants, like, Ray's... He wants to be part of Ray's life side by side, like, through all those experiences. And I, Ray's character is kind of the one that pushes away and kind of closes off. That's how he copes with right. his problems. And I guess it's just a clash of how we both cope with our problems. Well, the one problem that Dwight handles quite effectively, I think it was in episode four, you're both working at the dining room table and Dwight had a a need for attention. So he just solved that need for attention by crawling under the table and and showing up at the the other side. (laughs) (laughs) I like that he was just that direct, like, hi. I did want to ask, I, I didn't know what we were being told in the finale there. So we get to the end of the finale and you time jump 12 months. We think Dwight's coming home to the house he's renovated. What can you say about this? Because, I mean, I don't know if it's a spoiler to say anything two months after this premiered. So if y'all haven't watched it, you should have. But <laughs> can I go ahead and say this? Uh, basically, in 12 months, we find out you guys aren't together. Mm-hmm. But we don't know why you leave us hanging. It's definitely a shocker. Rich likes to and leave it up for interpretation. Okay. I, you know, a lot of people think like, oh, wow. Um, I feel so bad for Rich. What did what what happened? Why did Dwight leave Rich? But a lot of people should consider what did Rich do to Dwight? To Dwight, you know, Hello. Um, maybe Rich did something to push Dwight away. There's three sides to every story, and uh, we'll be explaining that in season two. Um, Speaking of season two, I want to make sure everyone knows that there's currently an Indiegogo campaign. Yes, where you can contribute mm-hmm. to uh, producing uh, season two. Trevor, do you want to? Like, share a little more about it? Yeah, yeah. Um, season one was fundraised uh, by crowdfunding. You know, we we aren't backed by any like, major production company. Um, and we were able to make season one with very little money. When I tell people, they're like, wow, that's amazing. But with season one, we have short episodes. You know, we had to kind of rewrite the script to save money with location yeah. fees and extras and yeah. all of the above, which Rich did a great job because he had to, like, one of the scenes where um, James storms off and does like an 18 point turn out of the parking lot that was supposed to happen inside a restaurant, which would have been a lot of money, a lot of extras. And he rewrote it to happen at the valet of the restaurant, which was a brilliant idea. So with season two where we have so much more support, you know, we have over a million views from around the world, which we did not have that support with season one. And we're, we're crowdfunding again. We weren't able to sell the project, which we're hoping we still have the opportunity to sell season two to a platform. But you know what? If we happen to make it on YouTube again, that's A-OK too. Uh, the show itself is a success. I'm not necessarily in it for the money. I've already gotten work from season one. I booked a YouTube awesome. show or a Netflix show called Echoes, 
with Matt mm-hmm. Bomer and Michelle Monaghan, which was awesome. Congratulations. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm like, I'm casting directors. I've seen my work and it's great. Like that's the whole point of work, getting more work. For anyone who likes web series as much as I do, and especially shows that reflect us. And I, I didn't feel like at any time, any of these characters, whether it was your character, the other three principals or any of the other supporting characters, it never kind of like pandered or talked down to or tried to be the audience because you guys really are the audience. I felt yeah. like totally related to people who would be watching, like me. Yeah, even my dad, who's a straight, <laughs> married, small town mechanic, construction mm-hmm. worker in upstate New York. He's like, it was really good. He's like, I could relate to most of the characters. Mm-hmm. And it just goes to show like this particular project. Yes, the characters are gay. But it doesn't define who they are in this project. It's not a coming out story. It's not dealing with, you know, what you see in a lot of gay content. Um, It's it's just middle-aged guys dealing with real issues. And each character does it so well at really honing in on themselves and being relatable, you know? If they're all specific. If these aren't mm. like cookie cutter, if you relate it to other, if you were to go to a sitcom that you throw rock over and, and hit a sitcom that's been on TV, you know, there's always like the smart guy, there's the dumb guy, there's the sexy guy. But yeah. all four of the principals in the series are very different. Dwight is not like another character I necessarily know on TV. People yeah. who look like Rich Burns are not the kind of people that I normally see in life or on a sitcom worrying about where they are in life and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Getty is perfect. I mean, he could not be more perfectly cast for the role that he plays. Yeah. And the same is with James Campbell. So, yeah. I mean, it, they're very specific characters, and I like that, that we didn't just kind of go, you know, like, oh, let's recreate the Golden Girls and have the older one, yeah. the sexy one, the dumb one, mm-hmm. the sarcastic one. So, I really... Would you say... Um, you've done a lot of acting projects. Would you say this is the one, the one you're most proud of or most involved yeah. with? Yeah. I feel like each, each recent project, I get better and better. Mm-hmm. You know, each, each opportunity gives me a chance to show what I can do. Some projects I kind of play that jock guy where it's very two dimensional and it's been a struggle here in Hollywood with my representation too. Like I've dropped agents and managers mm-hmm. who like one agent I had, several years ago sent me out on six gay auditions in a row and i'm not homophobic to playing gay parts by any means but i consider myself a very diverse actor i already have a lot going against me being out you know it's really tough Mm -hmm. to be an out actor to make it Mm -hmm. in this industry that's why a lot of actors stay in the closet um and i don't want to do that you know i've been in the closet two-thirds of my life and it sucked and i want to show people that i can do this and you know you can be gay and it's been tough to find representation that's been 110% on my side because yeah. my representation really? was like, well, yeah. My, my agent Do was they, like, well, they say don't, you've had... Well, no, not, not that. Just like she sent me on six gay auditions in a row. I'm like, wow. I can't help but notice that you're not sending me out another stuff. And she's like, well, you're comfortable playing it. And, and I'm like, you have straight actors that fit these roles better than me. Like, you got these this skinny, flamboyant, which I can totally do, but I don't look the part. I, I don't even match the breakdown. And she's sending it out because we're both gay. It's kind of insulting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And that is, that is a problem in Hollywood right now. And, and there are a lot of people who have opinions on, should only gay actors play go- gay roles? Should gay actors just be seen for every role? Should straight actors not play yeah. gay roles? Should everyone just act? I mean, if we're professional actors, it doesn't matter what we are personally. It's who we can portray in the story. Although it is nice to see gay actors play gay roles. Yeah. If not other than to... (laughs) If not other than to just say, 
for representation, like that we get to see us up there and we, we may not know it. I watched Uncorked, uh, a web series you did. And I mean, I completely see why you're cast as a UPS driver. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I took it. They, uh, but, one of the actresses and, you know, had coffee with me and was like, Hey, would you do this part? I was like, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I hadn't worked yeah. in a year. So it's like, mm -hmm. yeah. And I, I met great people and, well, I don't want to keep you much longer. I really appreciate you having the time uh, to chat and everything. I really enjoyed the series. Thank you so much, Trevor, for... Yeah, of course. Thank you. ...and the performance and for taking time to chat with us. And I hope you have an awesome week. Thank you so much, Randy. I really appreciate it. I want to add that the creative team just closed a very successful crowdfunding campaign, resulting in over $83,000 from fans to help defray the costs of shooting season two of The Disappointments. For those of you who haven't watched the series yet, you can join the 1.2 million people who have and click over to YouTube where you can watch all of season one for free. And you can follow Trevor LaPaglia on Instagram at the handle... Oh, Trev. O-H-H-H-T-R-E-V. Oh, Trev. How very appropriate. And that brings me to the end of this episode of The Randy Report. If you enjoy catching up on LGBTQ news in a quick podcast, I'd appreciate it if you would share it with your friends. I like to think of The Randy Report as the 60 minutes of gay news, only shorter. And remember, you can find me every single day on the internet at therandyreport.com, where I cover the daily news cycle regarding politics, pop culture, and entertainment news of interest to the LGBTQ community and its allies. Thanks for listening, folks. Take care of yourselves, and I'll see you next time. <laughs>